Welcome everyone as Fantastic Geek talks She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Just days away from the premiere of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law on Disney+. Plus. Indeed, Pete, we are recording this on the evening of Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. So I would like to wish you, Pete, happy She-Hulk Eve. Or is it? Uh, indeed, Pete, since last we exclusively talked She-Hulk, I know over on the Andor podcast we, we hit some of these notes here, but uh, there's been a little bit of a scheduling change. Can you walk us through what the mouse has done and how we will be podcasting accordingly? One affecting the other. First, the decision we learned when the Andor uh, trailer came that the uh, first three episodes would be backed up to Wednesday, September 21st. Okay. Uh, we'd have a couple weeks of just uh, She-Hulk and then get in our uh, Star Trek Lower Decks on, on Thursdays. But no, at the pretty much same time, She-Hulk was moved to Thursdays. So uh, we're going to get it uh one day later than we thought we would and that's gonna stay the case so that star wars will be on wednesday and uh marvel will be on thursday here for the run of this show it is interesting i'm not saying pete you know uh the iceberg and titanic have collided and whatnot it is interesting that these the, the changes for she hulk the changes for andor kind of happened after both of them were already in the marketing uh ecosphere it probably does suggest that the the kind of ancillary data that um ms marvel running second fiddle to kenobi um i know like third party people were like oh uh, kenobi took a bite out of ms marvel um maybe that's the conclusion to reach on disney's end if only because they have done this different uh schedule here i know pete that Bottom line is this, in terms of how it is impacting our She-Hulk podcast, uh, for the first five episodes, when it's just She-Hulk on Disney+, Plus, uh, we'll be covering those episodes on Saturdays, uh, and then once Andor starts, we're going to shift She-Hulk to Friday, uh, and Andor uh, for the Star Wars Saturday, just because She-Hulk, Pete, despite what some people are going to freak out about uh, when the, the first episode airs on Thursday, the She-Hulk episodes are how long? They are half hour ish episodes, pretty much like everything Marvel has done over the last 18 months on Disney Plus. Uh, these are a little smaller than the others because it's a half hour action comedy. Yeah. So I think that also informed our decision to be podcasting it on Saturdays and flip to Fridays once Andor starts, Andor being longer. So bottom line is this dear listener for the i don't want to say foreseeable future but for the many many weeks ahead uh she hulk podcast on saturdays you can share your feedback with us uh you know by the end of the day friday maybe saturday morning wherever you might live uh on the world and we'll give certainly plenty of warning ahead of uh the the forthcoming switch uh once andor starts yes definitely look out on twitter for uh our patented poll uh, you'll have all sorts of other ways, whether you want to email, you get yourself 
uh, on the listener line, Matt, we'll drop that uh, number. Been a, been a while since we've gotten some audio that way. All right. People don't use phones the way they used to, but there you go. Um, and uh, yeah, can't wait to hear what people think. Pete, I know too, in the last uh, week or two, uh, the people behind She-Hulk Attorney at Law were at the Television Critics Association um gab fest that the tca does and there was a lot of i think disney slash marvel trying to recapture the narrative about all those all those naughty people who were claiming that the trailer cgi was terrible it's it's not really the overworked people although let's say as an executive producer of the show uh my my heart is with them or some sort of basic thing there but there's a lot of kind of finger pointing to like those trolls um which was interesting because about a month ago carter digital on youtube spent some time talking about the effects in the trailer and their big takeaway among other things was when you render a a mark ruffalo which is to say when you render a man and you take the fake looking hulk head and you want to make him look more real what do you do you add some stubble okay you add some salt and pepper into the stubble you add some crow's feet you know you age him a little bit into that silver fox range that ruffalo is however when you try and do the same with a tatiana maslani you're not kind of going into the same tools in terms of we want her to look a certain age so we're not going to put facial hair on her put stubble on her that sort of thing so it's a little bit more difficult to bridge that gap from the fake CG head and to make it look a bit more real with stuff on it, just because that's kind of not what we're expecting. You know, some of those tools are not what we're expecting from a, a young, vibrant, uh, frankly, female character. Not only that, I think there's a greater level of scrutiny toward a female's appearance than there is that of a male. Um, and we've not, seen this character in hulk form just yet so to do that i mean listen let the show and the effects that'll be in the show stand on their own and you know answer that criticism i think the people who have seen the first couple all right uh you're talking to one now uh seem to be fine with it yeah, and I think, too, let's judge the show when the show is on Disney+, Plus, which is to say, and I didn't know this, Pete, until I saw this this video about a month ago, apparently YouTube compresses things differently than other places or something like that. Just point being, we might not have gotten a great copy of the trailer if you watched it on YouTube back when the first trailer dropped. So, Pete, I think you and I both are looking forward to, you know, all nine episodes of really great CG, and I... We'll continue to think about those hardworking uh, VFX artists and hopefully Disney's treating them a little bit better. And I think that the cast came out and, you know, had some some words of support toward them. Show you that, yes, you know, we have tight deadlines and we have high standards and we have, uh, you know, a, a... cast both in terms of performers and artists of tens of thousands with so many of these productions. I mean, we sit at the end of these films, man, and it's effect house after effect house after effect house. Um, and that in and of itself, I think speaks to 
the, the level that they're working on, which has never been done before. Um, and it takes a village and it also takes some understanding, I think, to go about that job. Yeah, certainly in recent months, not only like, you know, Marvel as a tough boss for these VFX artists, you know, that story has come out, but also how part of the Marvel Studios process is, you know, as you look at your rough cut, go, oh my goodness, tear up the third act. Let's make changes immediately. And how you can't make immediate changes in CG versus like, quick, get, you know, uh, Ruffalo and put a cloak over him and put him outside by some garbage and have him fall into it and go, oh, the space laser shot me down here or something like that that can be quickly shot. And then you once you've photographed it, it's good to go. Um, but, you know, Pete, the proof will be in the pudding for this we know ruffalo is in it we know tatiana maslani of course is the title character in she hulk we know wong and abomination are going to be in there but let's play our favorite game who else will be in there who's your guess for the cameo i really want shang chi and katie to pop up in this the same way that a lot of people in this popped up in their film I really, really like that as a guess. And I think that we now have enough Marvel Studios TV shows under our belts to know that it's not always like Black Panther is the next movie. This is the last Marvel show before Black Panther. Therefore, at the end, Shuri will come out and say, but wait, there's trouble in Wakanda. Like, there's, They don't do handoffs like that. Um, Pete, I'll throw in my hope. Uh, maybe there's somebody from the Ant-Man corner of the universe. It's not the next movie, but it's two movies from now. Uh, I look at the schedule and say, you know, I don't think Guardian, I don't think a Guardians of the Galaxy cameo would make sense given as, you know, they're far off at other points of the galaxy and so forth. And we've already had our, our Marvel Studios TV connection to the Marvels. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Paul Rudd shows up, maybe Evangeline Lilly, uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed for that. I'd like to see perhaps Elena show up. Maybe we can get some connection here, get some uh, Thunderbolts stuff underway. Um, you know, given what uh, Jennifer Walters is going to be working around, might be uh, ripe there for some, uh, some pension uh, by Val, even. That's a that's a very solid guess. Seeing as how Val has you know kind of kind of shown up obviously in uh, multiple other properties, Pete, maybe U.S. Agent is in so much trouble he needs himself a lawyer. It's another possibility. I I think you know the the move that they've gone to here, and the the thing that's being talked about with this series is that it really leans into the MCU-ness of it. Um, yeah, there's the breaking of the fourth wall and everything like that, but this show really relishes being in this universe and playing around with the conventions that it can. Um, so to do post-credit scenes, mid-credit scenes in these episodes, and so many of them, these are really spots uh, to play around, to have fun, to do the things that we watch these for. 
Well, Pete, speaking of those post credit scenes, I know one rumor that I saw was that every episode will have post credit scenes. And I know you've seen some. Have you seen all nine episodes? No. Okay, so so then let me get you to weigh in. Dare they dare they do it where every episode has a little nugget for you at the end? I'm told they all do. That could be really fun. I, I and, and fun is a word that we've used a couple of times in this preview here. I really, really think that there's the potential. Let me this way, Pete. We've seen some really kind of weighty and important Marvel offerings in terms of whether they're talking about metaphors for our real world or whether they're talking about experiences going on in the MCU and our real world. And I think that's important and that's wonderful and that's powerful. If they're trying to never pin down the MCU on any one flavor, I'm ready for a show that's a little bit silly, a little bit wonky, and you know that something's going to happen potentially at the end of every episode, even if it's, you know, kind of of story importance or lack thereof of like the ant playing the drums at the end of, uh, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, like something like that. We just go, huh? Okay. Funny. Like clearly not meant to be setting up the ant saga or anything like that. Just a chuckle. Um, so yeah, I, I hope they, I hope they do bring them for all nine episodes. I think to go about the presentation, uh, with this character made the most sense. And it's funny, this has been the series we've heard had the the most problems behind the scenes. Now, was it a question of finding the tone? You know, did they, you know, take rehearsal a, a little further in terms of what they were trying to do? Who knows? Um, but everything that I've seen and that critics have talked about so far seems to be very very positive well pete circling back to the secret scenes there do you want to make any predictions here what i mean i guess we already kind of discussed on the cameo end but what story beats what what importance what things will be covered do you think in these secret scenes or will they all be silly uh i think it'll be a mix um since we know that there are scenes in the episodes that have been screened thus far, I'm going to not refer to the stuff I've seen, but rather towards the end of the series. And I think, again, Ruffalo, Shang-Chi, we've got to kind of come to the idea of what's going on with what they were looking at there this beacon which remains kind of um a rough edge that's out there and i know other people would say there are other rough edges like nobody seems to talk about the giant uh thing that came out of the earth uh in eternals and i think i know why that is but within the mcu there, there's a, a number of things kind of not discussed but clearly that that event going on at the end of shang chi clearly that is meant to be uh, a rallying point for the story for the characters for something um and i think enough time has gone by a year has gone on since that movie came out i feel like the timing is perfect to circle back to that i mean you look at what we had before hawkeye with black widow of hey you know how would you like a shot at the guy that killed your sister 
and then she pops up in the show. I I think a, a year having passed now since front loading that mystery, uh, it didn't come up in Ms. Marvel. Um, would make the most sense as a landing spot as really a coda, if you will, to this series. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye out for that as the episodes unfold, the the nine half-hour episodes. I'll just again say, Pete, let's all, you, me, our listeners, let's all watch out for the panic when the first episode is 34 minutes, then the next episode is 28 minutes or whatever it is. Like It's been designed to be about a half hour, um, and I, I feel like that's a nice size chunk regardless, but... You know, we'll be there for every episode, podcasting every episode, and it's truly made possible by all those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute this month? Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating in seconds or a review view in just a little while longer matt like our first review here left for us by dr steve t dr steve thurbage uh that says hey cousin great podcast five stars and it reads matt and pete add to their extensive family ph of podcasts with another great show Witness for yourself their ability to cross-examine this newest Disney Plus show. The verdict is in. They're guilty on all counts of being fantastic. And he spelled it with the P and the H. Well, thank you for those kind words there. And continuing the lawyer theme, I know, Pete, we're going to have fun with that when we dive on into segments uh, as we cover each episode. Uh, We'll let some longtime listeners maybe make some connections from there once once that gets uh, unveiled this upcoming Saturday. Uh, but thank you, Steve, for your kind words. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, how can people, if they're going to uh, beyond support us, interact with us? Well, let's let's start with the Twitter, Pete. Let me send it back to you. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,619 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a P-H, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, cannot wait for She-Hulk to arrive in two days' time on Thursday, the 18th of August. And I'm looking forward to uh, covering it this and every Saturday for the next uh, bunch of weeks. For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final She-Hulk preview word. See you Saturday. <laughs>